Welcome back to the JarCast. I'm Flora. And I'm Clyde Kowser, and today we are joined with Ms. Collier Johnson, one of the art teachers here at ACA. Uh, Ms. Collier Johnson, tell us a little bit about yourself. Good morning. I um, have been an art teacher for 38 years, and it's what I wanted to be since I was 11. So, living the dream, man, <laughs> living the dream. And um, how did you end up at ACA? Um, that's an interesting story. I had retired after teaching for 35 years, received a phone call after being retired for a couple of years asking if I could sub for a couple of days. That was last August. <laughs> and I understand you've taught art for a pretty, you, know, you just said for a very long time. Um, is there any like certain specific grade you like to teach or is it just kind of all groups, people, all ages that you just love teaching art in general? I, um, I get asked that quite a bit because I taught middle school for 21 years and then I taught high school for 14 years. So I you know always get asked, well, which did you like better? And it's kind of apples and oranges where um, middle school students, it's getting them excited about arts and wanting to try new things and um, getting them to see that anybody can do art. So that's a really fun part of it. And if you get them interested in middle school, then they're interested in trying art in high school. And in high school, students are um, working toward a credit, so that makes a difference. And um, there's art shows and portfolios and college applications and scholarships. So it's, it's really different, and I love both. How does teaching at ACA compare to teaching at Hillgrove? Wow. Now I wish I had asked for a copy of the questions. <laughs> well, the high school classes at Hillgrove um, were smaller um, here. So um, with a smaller room, I have smaller classes, which is nice where you have a little bit more one-on-one time. Um, the average class at Hillgrove for high school was a probably, probably about 27 or 28. Um, and I also had multi-classes per class period. So like one class period, I might have photography one, photography two, um, applied design one and two, and a drawing class all in the room at the same time. That's a lot of different kinds of art. How many art degrees do you have? Youch. Um, <laughs> I have an, an, an art degree, a drawing art degree, an art education degree, that, so those are bachelor's, uh, master's in art education, uh, administrative add-on degree, specialist in teacher leadership. Wow. Were your parents uh, supportive of you pursuing art? Actually, my mom told me when I was uh, asking for private art lessons after school that it was just a way to get out of uh, piano lessons. <laughs> <laughs> um but I had always drawn a lot, and even in elementary school, my art teacher was Miss Almond, and um, I would like stay after to help her clean up. So they would be like looking for me in the classroom when everybody had gone back, and they're like, "Where is she?" Like, I bet she's in the art room. So they would like send somebody to come get me. Do you think having that teacher, you said Miss Almond, that her name? Do you think having her as when you were growing up really influenced you at all to become art, um, made you love it even more? Definitely. Um, you know, where I was really interested in that age group, but um, sixth grade, I had uh, Miss Chase. Diane Chase was my art teacher, 
and she was um she was really special and she made her students feel special and in my yearbook she wrote um keep up the good work we need more women in the field of um of art and so I, that's probably why at age 11 i decided i want to be an art teacher wow you need more women and i feel like i've only had um art teachers that are women actually well I guess besides Mr. Jason. I think she meant in the art field in general okay. that yeah. um, a lot of male artists, it's like if you look at art history that's taught mm, yeah. out of old white dudes or what's in most <laughs> of the textbooks. Um, you've been to Europe a few times, have you? Oh yes. Do you have a favorite place that you've traveled? Um, my husband and I like to go to um, Paris and London quite a bit. So, um, you really can't do better than Paris with the Louvre and um, Museum d'Orsay for the 18th and 19th and 20th century um, art um, and the Cluny for medieval art is just all right in one city where there's about a hundred different museums in Paris. And obviously Europe is full of a bunch of art history and a lot of the art we study here is from Europe and there is and you might just say France, but is, is there a certain country that has some of the best art you've ever seen or you like where the art comes from? Or? Um, hmm. Well, there are countries that have collected art from around the world, some through appropriation, but um, it's like the British Museum and the um, Victoria and Albert um, have you know so much art from all over. Um, the world. It's like going on a world vacation, just spending a few days in the museum. And that's another thing is like if you're on a tour, a lot of times you'll have, we will spend two hours today at the Louvre. It's like, what? <laughs> um, luckily, I went to one of my former students who was, you know, an adult and married and whatever, asking what I was doing over the summer. And I was like, I didn't have any plans that summer. So she wanted to know if I was interested in um, going to Paris, that she was house sitting and didn't want to go alone um, for three weeks for free. So going to the Louvre every afternoon to escape the August heat um, for three weeks, you kind of get to actually see a museum when you spend, you know, weeks in the museum. Wow. So do you have a favorite time period in art? Ooh, I would have to say Impressionism. Hmm. Is there a favorite artist with that from that time period? You oh, would? sure. Uh, Monet and then post-impressionist um, Van Gogh, probably two favorites. I know there are a lot of people's favorites. Um, the soothing quality of Monet and his paintings in the gardens and the plein air painting of painting outside instead of the studios. Breaking away from what the Academy said you had to paint with allegory and religious painting being the only thing that was approved at that time period and kind of having the guts to say, we're not going to do that. So what kind of art do you do in your free time? Or do you not have any free time? <laughs> um, I have little free time uh, these days. Um, but I do like to draw. And it's like, that's another thing about the classes here being smaller with a high school. Um, I've been doing everything that they're doing. So I always do like a quick example, but then I get to sit down and I also have been painting or I also have been doing a drawing, um, which is great because a lot of times I take classes. Um, I like to take classes, hence the degrees. Um, so I'll just take a class um, because it forces you to do make some art because it's easy to get 
caught up in other things once mm-hmm. you get home. Yeah. It's like I've driven at school for nine hours, then to go home, um, it's like, okay, now I need to fix dinner, okay, and feed the dogs and take the dogs for a walk, where it is hard to kind of make time for those things that make a difference. It might be kind of a weird question, but do you view art more as like a, just a kind of hobby or like a pastime, or like do you view it as like a project you're doing, like you sit down and you want to do this, or is it just kind of doodling for you, just doing art every like all the time? Um, that's really interesting. I never thought of it that way. My mom asked me when I was um, in college if I was sure that I wanted to be an art teacher, um, where her concern was if that's what you're doing all day for work, then would you want to go home, you know, and do that? Then maybe that would be like taken away from me as something of the therapeutic relaxation, like art therapy, where I wouldn't have that anymore if I was doing it, you know, as a job. But I think there's both um, where I will get into a project that I'll be doing. um, And then sometimes I'll just, you know, find something while I'm goodwilling um, that I want to repaint or redo or just, you know, just something for fun. You like to thrift. You just mentioned Goodwill. Did I? (laughs) Oopsie. I mean, your classroom is full of so many things. It's just so fun to go in there. But um, Aww. (laughs) Tell us about your thrifting hobby. Hmm. Um, I'm not a big believer in, you know, just go into the art room, go draw something. Or, you know, whatever. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer in structure and building skill. Uh, because anybody can draw. If you can hold a pencil to write your name, you can learn how to draw. And um, some people are taught that you have to be born with the special talent, which is silly. I mean, there's people born with special math talent or special science talent. That doesn't mean we don't learn those things. So part of the skill is being able to look at something three-dimensional and translate it two-dimensional mm-hmm. onto a surface, if that's a drawing or a painting, or I guess, or build your own uh, out of the 3D. Uh, but anyway, that has to do with um, learning the steps. So you have to have stuff <laughs> to be able to draw stuff. So like we do white still lives and learn how to, um, instead of drawing um, objects on white paper, drawing white objects on black paper, so I need white objects. <laughs> or um, we do st- a lot of still lives. And I just wanted to be interesting things where students can choose, and because um, nobody wants to draw the same thing as you know everybody in the same room. We are all going to draw, you know that that gets really boring. So you need stuff. <laughs> Who has stuff? Goodwill. <laughs> now, this might be kind of a loaded question, but I think it was Oscar Wilde that said, "Life imitates art far more than art imitates life." Do you think that has anything to do with like? I mean, what are your opinions on that? It's kind of a big question. <laughs> that may have been a good one to give you ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, because that that can be that can be several different ways. Life imitates art. Hmm. I was wondering from the standpoint of like bringing <laughs> just random things from Goodwill and I don't know bringing life to art instead of the other way around. But well, I, I, that can be right. So like, I love walking into my classroom. I love I kind walking of, into your yeah, classroom, too. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm sure like it's overstimulation for some people, but it just makes me happy when I you know turn on the light. It's my stuff, man. And it is like walking into a still life, 
where you're walking into a created environment. And I think that's, you know, where life imitates art is like when you decorate a room or when you set up your office, um, what you have around you is the canvas you have created to live in. Interesting. What is the best thing that you've ever found at Goodwill? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. Um, I'm going to get all kinds of people asking me now, which Goodwill do you go to? So don't ask that. Um, Gosh, I have a limited edition Salvador Dali print that the Carlos Museum has asked me to donate to their print collection. Um, It has the certificate of uh, authentication. Um, It was... $2 $2 at Goodwill, Man. where somebody just thought it was a, you know, a, like a print from a book or a magazine or something, I guess. I got a diamond ring in the back pocket of a $4 purse that I bought, Louis Vuitton bags, uh, Gucci sunglasses. I just find stuff. I tell people it finds me. Does it take a lot of time? Or are you um, just so good? Well, no, it's more, it's more fun. Like, yeah. I'll go with a friend or um, my sister, um, and I like to um, do stuff together. So it's just kind of a hangout. And, oh, hey, look what I just found. I found a sculpture. It's actually a vase that looks like a paper bag. And I thought, oh, that's cool. That's pop art. And I got home, and I found that it's an $1,800, 1970s, um, like, limited edition uh, piece that's a collector's item. So, I mean, I just got it because it's what I like and I would like to add it to my environment. <laughs> it, it just happens. Wow, you just mentioned your sister. How's your relationship with her? Where does she live? Um, she um, had been here. Actually, we're, we're pretty close. Where we, um, When she was in law school at the University of Florida, I was undergrad where we were roommates. And um, then she moved to Atlanta. Oh, I guess I'll move to Atlanta. And um, then a couple of years ago, she decided to move to Detroit to be near her grandkids. And uh, after about a year, she decided to come back. So now she lives right down the street from me. I did not take her being away from me for a year and a half very well uh, because we've been really close. She's my best friend. Is she big into art, too? Does she love art, Absolutely. Oh, does she love art? Yes. Um, she's not an artist. We're, we're, it's, it's pretty funny because in so many ways we're like polar opposites. A lawyer, when she, when she was in elementary school, her reading for pleasure was reading the set of encyclopedias at home from cover to cover. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm like, this person is freaky. But, um, yeah, so we're just, we're really close. Do you have any other artistic family members, or do you just kind of stand out in that way? I Not in my immediate family, not, not too much. My mother's cousin that I met when I was like in sixth grade lives in New Jersey, and um, she did freelance work for Hallmark doing cards, um, card designs, and uh, illustrated a few books when she was like the first artist in the family that I had ever met. You talked earlier about creating a canvas on which to live your life. Do you think being a teacher, you try to help kids create their canvas? Is that what you think almost of your job is? It's about seeing. Um, that's the whole thing about observation. Um, and that's the, such an important part of art. And we get used to using symbols, like the circle with the sticks shooting out of it being the sun. And I'm like, folks, 
When have you been outside and ever seen giant black sticks shooting out of the sun? And they're like, oh, you're right. I'm like, well, why are you drawing that? And then we don't think about it. We just get used to using symbols. So there's a symbol for a flower, which is kind of a daisy looking thing, a symbol for a house, a square with a triangle. And it's like, okay, we're going to stop using those things and actually look at what's in front of us. So you're noticing things more than you want what's around you to be at a higher quality or a higher level, aesthetics level of looking for the beauty in something. So then you want beautiful things around you. Wow. What made you stay at ACA after being asked to sub for a couple of days? The fantastic students like you two. <laughs> well, but you retired, right? Um, yes, I was retired for two years. So yeah. you came out of it and just... Yeah. Um, my life has been about teaching yeah. since um, I was 23 um, and being around my students. And... Um, I've never, in fact, my husband mentioned, I remember, um, he's like, I'm really concerned that you're kind of depressed and down over the summers um, and like happier during the school year. He's like, most teachers are, you know, like doing a countdown of when summer. I was like, no, I don't think most teachers, but yeah, I, I like being with my students. It's, um, that whole eureka moment of somebody getting excited that they've created something that's so ad addictive to me to to um, see that in people and you know somebody excited about something they made that they want to then go show off um, that they did. That's good stuff. And on your on your little bio on the ACA page, it says you love classic mu movies. Um, oh. Is that I mean you said I think you said you taught a you say photo a photography is that you said is. Do you, is film, do you love film uh, in addition to material art? Sure. Um, yes, I like um, like old black and white, um, like Hitchcock or um, Citizen Kane, Rebecca, you know, movies from that time period. I thought about that. It's like it would be so fun to have like a film, like a lunch club, Ooh. where you could bring your lunch and watch, you know, some of the classic films like those. Do you have a favorite film, or do you just kind of like all of them? Oh, I, it would, uh, my husband and I just talked about this last weekend. You're freaking me out. Um, <laughs> it's kind of by category. Hmm. Okay. Um, I have to, like, Gaslight. I have to watch Gaslight at least <laughs> once a year. Um, same thing with Rebecca, um, where there's just there's certain movies in certain categories. Um, the Dressmaker. Is one of my favorites. When I was in your class, I know you loved to play kind of the older Disney animation movies. Is, oh. that, is that a certain specific type of movie you love? Yes, and just because I don't need to do editing, I'm used to um, overstimulation where I need to be listening to something and like there's like a story going on in Disney films so I don't like sit there and stare at them you know I'm drawing or doing grades or or I'm doing things um, in fact I used to turn like a movie on and then put a big canvas in front of the TV screen where it was blocked and so a student would go like I can't see it like <laughs> exactly get busy <laughs> it's like just listen to the story um, or listen to the songs, you know, because a lot of them have um, so much music. So um, it had, I'm sure it has to do with the um, ADHD that I like a lot of things going on at one time. 
Does your husband like art as well? You mentioned that you traveled to Europe with him a few times. Yeah, we um, we're not big on like going to the beach or the mountains and just you know like being out somewhere. We go to cities yeah. so that we can go to museum to museum to museum, and that's what he likes to. And what does he do? He is retired as well and um, does a lot of work with the church where he's an Anglican deacon, so he has a lot going on there, and he's a certified counselor, um, so he does that and just as volunteer uh, at this time of being 90% retired. <laughs> also on your, on your bio on the website, I said you love... <laughs> I did, I did a little research. It said um, you love to walk on the Silver Comet Trail mm-hmm. and go on walks with your husband. Do you, do you love just in nature, being in nature all the time? Is oh, that, sure. Is that a big influence yeah. on you? That has, you know, part of the observation kind of thing. Um, a lot of my artwork is um, plants and flowers and trees and, you know, just the, um, the experience of being outside and... Um, I like the little things that, you know, somebody would walk past and not notice, drawing attention to those kind of things, and the um, getting out into a different environment. You know, we're indoors a lot. Deep breath for your soul to get outside in nature. Have you ever sold a piece of art, or do you (laughs) just kind of do it all and keep it, or what? Um, There's both. I started selling my art in high school. I um, did a lot of watercolors, a lot of floral kind of watercolors and then my friends parents would want me to do pieces for their house so on that was a fun way to make money but I do have trouble letting go of art pieces where it's like selling a child (laughs) Uh, they're my kids and they I usually have the reason I'm doing the piece is because of a connection that I have Mm -hmm. with it Um, my parents have a couple of pieces um, uh, large pieces framed in, in their house, and um, not too many other. I, I don't like to do that. Do you think there's a difference in making a work of art to sell than making a work of art to keep for yourself? Do you think that has a big influence on the artist if he has the intent of selling or the intent of keeping sure. it? Sure, yeah, definitely. Um, and a lot of artists, I'm thinking of one particular artist, um, but start out, you know, as an artist and then they get success in, when they do something so then they veer in that direction and then just start cranking out that one thing that got noticed even if it was bad because um, some people like bad art so then they crank out you know a bunch of bad art because they got a bunch of money for it so like I can be a millionaire and make junk um, or I can stay true to, you know, so you have to decide if you're making art for art or if you're making art for a specific audience that wants something that their <laughs> lack of, I'm going to stop right there and not talk about lack of artistic taste. Go ahead. In what ways are you helping to improve the ACA Visual Arts Program? I know that since you've come, it seems to, there's been more art hung in the hallways and you've brought in like the National Honors Art Society. I don't really know what, what the um, word order of that is, but. Oh, I don't, I don't know particularly. I mean, I, I like showcasing the students' art. I um, have a 
showcase area in the high school building now where I, the high school building should have high school art all the time. Um, and I wasn't here before, so I don't know what was done before me. We've started the Art Scholars Program. That's what I meant. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and that is for students to um, work toward the graduation seal, the um, visual arts graduation seal, and it has certain requirements. So um, students that want to apply, submit a portfolio and, and do an application, and there's an interview. And we have an after-school program that is high school level uh, classes that earn new credits, or uh, points, excuse me, toward what you would need to graduate with the SEAL. Cool. Do you think it helps people to be kind of surrounded by art in the hallways or just see art that their classmates would have done? Do you think it inspires people? Definitely. I even move my students around a lot in the room and they're like, why are we moving? It's like, because I need you to sit by somebody different. I went to one school in one college in Florida. I got a scholarship um, from a drawing competition in high school to go to college for free. And then I got a second scholarship and it was to a small Florida college in Pensacola. And it had three art teachers. So you would have these same three teachers just over and over again. And um, I decided to leave and go to a larger school where they had about 25 art teachers because you pick up style and, and just different tips from who you, you know, you're seeing and who you're learning from. So um, my classes, I'm like, go find your sketchbook. That's where you're sitting today um, so that they can see different people's styles and be inspired. Or they might see somebody going like, gosh, I can't believe my favorite is when they see somebody and they like give them suggestions and then they look at their own work and see they need to, you know, fix something that they just told the other person and they're like, oh, well, let me fix that too. Um, you've had a long career as an art teacher. Do you have any students? She just called me old. <laughs> you said 38 years. That's a lot of years. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. Okay. Um, do you have any students that have gone on to a notable or successful art career? Sure. I have um, six former students that are art teachers. That's a notable art career, <laughs> if I say so myself. Um, I have a student um, that was full scholarship to Parsons in New York, and she is now freelance. She did work as a photographer. Um, traveling around the world for a, a company. I have a student, Vino, that um, was a successful painter in New York City and is doing really well. Uh, I have a student that is an industrial designer and um, they come back and talk to my classes and uh, a student that is a professional photographer and she was working for a museum doing their um, photography for catalogs and that kind of stuff. So yeah, and they keep in touch. And obviously they've learned a lot from you. Do you think you've also in turn learned some, something from them? Sure, since they um, you know, have gone in different areas. Um, so that's why I like when they come back. It's like um, I didn't move to New York and you know, to be a professional artist. So spending time with you know, the students when they're in town uh, visiting and you know, them telling me what they've done and what it's like and the different gallery openings and, and what they've done or um, industrial design and how you market your work and, 
yeah, learn a lot from, um, from those because it's it's things that I didn't do. Wow. Um, well, I like I like to end yeah. the interview with a big question, which is, what is your best piece of advice for the listeners? Best piece of advice? That's so hard. Mm-hmm. About art. Sure. I mean, whatever, whatever you like. Just with being how much experience you have. Okay. Um, it's, I think it's more like a conversation that I had with a student last week. Just do something. You know, just like, I don't want, I can't, I can't do this. Um, it's not going to, it's not, you know, it's like, what? You already know what something you haven't done is going to look like? I was like, that's really talented. I said, so why don't you show me? <laughs> um, so like, she didn't want to do a drawing of something because she thought it was going to not look right. And she's a good artist. So this like, what? how do you know something's gonna look wrong? It's like, you just need to put something on the paper, then you edit. It's like, if you're in the English class, you just get something down on the page and then you go back and edit and change words and tweak it and you know do those kind of things. It's like, art is the same thing. You're, you're expecting your first rough draft to be perfect or you're not gonna start, then you'll never have anything. And that goes, that's with anything in life. Art really does translate to life in that way. Exactly. What you learn in art, you live in life. (gasps) Profound. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. today. Sorry we chose a bad day. (laughs) (laughs) No problem. Any day I spend with you is a good day.